it is great to be back and to see our, uh, our good friends here to uh, share the scriptures with you. Uh, you can go ahead and be looking up 2 Corinthians chapter 2. 2 Corinthians 2. And just before I read, I'm going to uh, show a few things to everyone. And I think maybe some of our younger folks, maybe young at heart, can help me. talk so much about these things now and the way that we smell physically. Okay? But I want you to listen while we read these verses from 2 Corinthians 2 and uh, see if they don't remind you of, uh, of uh, parts of, of the passage. Okay? From verse 14 and let's remember these words were uh, put here by the Lord Himself, given to the Lord's people for their growth and encouragement. So let's listen very carefully. But thanks be to God who always leads us in His triumph in Christ and manifests through us the sweet aroma of the knowledge of Him in every place. For we are a fragrance of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those are perishing to the one an aroma from death to death to the other an aroma from life to life and who is adequate for these things for we are not like many peddling the word of God but as from sincerity but as from God we speak in Christ in the sight of God and did you read anything there about an aroma about a sweet fragrance. Well, obviously, it's not the fragrances that come from these things we have over here, but the fragrance that's related to our spiritual condition and our walk with Christ. Now, there's a background to this that we need to go into just for a, a few moments. But when we read this, uh, the, these terms, a sweet aroma and uh, the, the, uh, the fragrance of Christ and all, uh, there's something of a background in the Old Testament for this. And I'd like you to look at, at just one or two verses. Uh, in the Old Testament times, we read about the sacrifices that were offered to the Lord, uh, the animals that were sort of pictures of Christ that were uh, to, to be slaughtered and, and an expression of uh, the people's worship to the Lord and their expectancy of looking forward to that final and ultimate sacrifice that the Lord sin that, that was uh, Christ himself. Now one of the passages that's uh, very interesting in, in this connection is Genesis 8. Genesis chapter 8. And you may turn there with me if you like or just remember the, uh, the, the story here. The, the setting is the time of Noah as he is uh, fresh out of the ark and uh, getting kind of it's adjusted to walk around and, and all again. It was a, it had to be an interesting time at that point. But uh, notice the first thing that Noah does, first order of business, beginning in verse 20. That Noah built an altar to the Lord and took of every clean animal and of every clean bird 
and offered burnt offerings on the altar. Now let's stop just for a moment there uh, before the, the conclusion of that. But uh, where did Noah get the clean animals and birds? Okay. Where were they? Where, where did they? Where did he have to get them from? Yeah, okay, he'd had them in the ark, right? Now, think about this. How, how many of every clean critter did Noah take with him on the ark? Okay, clean is the key word there. Yeah, yes. Somebody said, said seven. Yes, exactly, okay. Very good. And so, out of the seven of the particular kinds that Noah took onto the ark, he takes one to sacrifice to the Lord. Now, that's kind of an interesting thing. Can you think of another situation in which we're given seven particular items and one is particularly devoted to the Lord? Does that ring a bell? How about the days? Yeah, the days of the week and one particularly set aside uh, for worship uh, to the Lord and rest from our other labors. Okay, just free extra there. And uh, what happens here then, verse 21, and the Lord smelled the soothing aroma. And the Lord said to himself, I will never again curse the ground on account of man, for the intent of man's heart is evil from his youth, and I will never again destroy every living thing as I have done. And uh, the, the idea here is the, the sinfulness in the heart of man is so great, wickedness so so entrenched that the, the ju- just just the threat of judgment itself by itself doesn't change that heart. Of course, uh, understanding all of Scripture, we see that it's necessary for the Lord uh, to soften those hearts that are hard and open the eyes that are blind and uh, bring someone to uh, a saving relationship with Himself. And it is only that that can bring newness of life uh, to, to an individual. But just the threat of judgment by itself wasn't changing men then. It isn't changing men now. Uh, but uh, and, and the Lord it says He'll never again curse the ground. That is one of His steps of judgment that we read about earlier in Genesis. And He goes on to to say He will never uh, destroy the earth uh, as He had just done. So, uh, but but in between this, you notice He says He smelled that soothing aroma. That is the sacrifices. Uh, to the Lord that were offered was something very pleasing or, or pleasant uh, to the Lord. And uh, just as uh, other places are described in this way in the Old Testament, all of the, the sacrifices that were offered uh, as expressions of praise and worship and uh, looking toward uh, that final sacrifice were pleasing uh, to the Lord. And so they, they, these, these sacrifices described in this way point ultimately to Christ Himself. Now, of course, we live on the other side of the cross. We look back upon the coming of Christ and His uh, finished work. But we pick up this expression again over in a New Testament passage, uh, this one being Ephesians chapter 5. We look back now upon uh, the work of Christ and what He has done uh, on behalf of those who are considered in Christ or described as, as those who are in Him. And Ephesians 5 and verse 2 says, Walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us, 
an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. There you have that expression uh, once again. But this time, it's not talking about the animals on the altar that were pointing forward to Christ, but those who are in Christ, uh, looking back on His finished work, who have come to embrace Him uh, as their Savior, and have uh, had those lives changed and those hearts renewed, that our lives then can be something of a fragrant aroma to the Lord, something that is very pleasing uh, to Him. So what the Lord Jesus was doing, He was doing in our place, and by His gracious work in our lives, uh, our lives can be changed from something that is very wretched and and very uh, repulsive uh, to the Lord to something that is very pleasing uh, to Him. And perhaps this is put best in Romans 12.1, which speaks of our lives as living sacrifices to God. Right? Now, back to this passage then that we read in 2 Corinthians. and Let's see what it has to say about our lives as a fragrant aroma, as a pleasing uh, fragrance uh, to the Lord. Okay, we who are in Christ are a beautiful fragrance, or a fragrance of beauty, uh, first of all and primarily to God Himself. When you think about what a marvelous privilege this is to be described in this way as something that actually brings joy and brings enjoyment to the Lord. Certainly only uh, due to the work of Christ in our lives and the changing uh, that He does on an ongoing basis. Now you think of different odors or smells that you like. Okay, and I don't think too long here, you know, carried away. You know, pepperoni pizzas or barbecue or or the the ocean surf or, or orange blossoms in Florida or or maybe perfume or cologne from a very special person in, in your life. Whatever the case, you think of these kind of, of, sacri- of, of, of fragrances and, and think of our lives then sacrificed to the Lord, uh, being pleasing in that way to Him. How do you get to this point? Uh, first of all, I need to talk about where it starts. And I think here of Hebrews 11.6, it says, Without faith, it is impossible to please Him. That's your starting point. And it's always good to, to come to a point in a message where we ask this question. Does each one of you come to the point in your life where you're convinced that you're a sinner and because of that sin we deserve the wrath of God? The only way to avoid facing that wrath and incurring that wrath ourself is to embrace the substitute is taking that wrath on our behalf. And there's only one available. That is Jesus Himself to raise that question, and we'd certainly be happy to speak with anyone that would like to uh, before we leave today uh, about those matters. But we're not talking about just simply believing that there is a God. Yes, that's a starting point. But we're not talking about just simply believing there's one God. You know, the demons do that much. And not just believing things about God, being able to answer the Sunday school questions. That's good as, as well and not even just being a steady churchgoer or trying to sugarcoat our own lives. In fact, there's an interesting picture in in Revelation 3 and verse 16. Uh, The the diametric opposite of those whose lives are a pleasing uh, and fragrant aroma to God is those whose lives are considered lukewarm. That is, not not all that bad, uh, but just sort of trying to sugarcoat their lives enough 
uh, to look good, to look impressive, to be respectable uh, in, in certain crowds. But they're actually lukewarm, and the Lord there says they're sickening to him. He says, I'll spew you out of my mouth. It's a very graphic uh, picture there. But we're talking about believers, those who have committed their lives to Christ and uh, those who have uh, embraced his work on their behalf. Come to him for new life and uh, forgiveness. Okay? So that is where all of this starts. <coughs> now, we're also, we notice here in this passage, that we're a sweet aroma, the knowledge of him in every place. And this gets to the point of not just the way the Lord looks at us and his perspective upon those who are in Christ, but the impact that those who are in Christ have on other people around whom they live and around whom they with whom they rub shoulders on a daily basis. Okay? But in every place this takes place. And let's think of a few places in our lives. How about our families? About where we work? About where we go to school? How about uh, when we're shopping? How about a real nasty one in recreation? <laughs> and I see some smiles here. Uh, there are guys in the room here that uh, with whom we enjoy some recreation, right? On a regular basis. And uh, let's say it's been good fellowship. But I also have to say that there are times when the uh, athletic arena is not a very pleasant place. And not a place of very enjoyable fellowship. There are times when I have talked with groups of young folks about some of these matters. And I've given some advice, and I know this is after the fact for some of the folks here uh, who are married. But just file this one away, okay? And usually I direct it to young ladies, but it, it may fit both ways. But I've uh, given some advice to ladies who are looking forward at some point in life uh, to marrying someone. You ready for this? My advice is don't ever get seriously interested in the man until you have seen him playing a sport at a time when he doesn't know you're watching. Okay? Because these are times sometimes when true colors can be shown. A person's uh, control of his anger and things like that. Right? That may fit in a lot of ways there. But um, in every place it is possible for the fragrance of Christ uh, to be evident. It can be evident even when you're in a foreign country and nobody can understand what you're saying. Maybe there are things you can do in a conduct in a person's life and a demeanor uh, that is impressed with the image of Christ. There can be a fragrant aroma, something very encouraging uh, to other people. But there are going to be different responses that this passage uh, brings up. Okay? And you'll notice... In verse 15, we're a fragrance of Christ to God, first of all, but also among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. So you're going to have different audiences, if, if you will, who are observing a person's life 
the life of a person who is in Christ. And it's going to be met, uh, understandably, with different responses, different perspectives, and different opinions. Okay? And this reminds me, first of all, of uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18, which speaks of the spread of the gospel. And it's foolishness to one group, and yet the power of God uh, to the other. Among those who are perishing, it's a fragrance of death. Fragrance of death. Now, I don't know what kind of... Maybe I shouldn't speak too graphically about some fragrances we don't like, but uh, there's uh, one uh, one Sunday that uh, folks were coming to the church where we usually attend. We, we walked into the the back of the church and, and immediately, you know, the first thing, the first impression we have is <laughs> my what in the world is something backed up here and, uh, or whatever. It turns out somebody had a dish that included broccoli that got left in an oven and this was way back away from the door but it didn't matter. Where, whichever door you came in, it was just there and it was terrible. And then I think about that uh, silly beagle we have. It always seems to do something like this on Saturday night when I'm getting ready for a sermon. But uh, met up with his first skunk. Uh, what, about a year ago? And, oh, my. you think about these kind of things. But among those who are perishing, sometimes the presence and the life and the testimony of a Christian is something they don't appreciate very much. In fact, something that they might they find very repulsive. Something that will make them very, very uh, uncomfortable. And in their view, is a fragrance of death. Um, and turning from that just further entrenches them in the ways of death. But among those who are saved, the presence of a Christian be a fragrance of life should be something that is uplifting something that's pleasant something that makes them feel in fact uh, comfortable now the trick of it is folks as we live through our lives and we rub shoulders with people at work or school or wherever it is especially those who don't know Christ the trick of all of this is to determine if they don't like what they're seeing, is it indeed because we're walking with the Lord and He's producing changes and bearing His fruit in our lives? Or is it because or there are times when we're stubborn and obnoxious and rude and things like that? Okay? And not to pass off the response of those things as just simply saying, well, I'm being persecuted for the cause of Christ here. Okay? That's not the case. To be sure that, in fact, it is because of gracious work in our lives and, uh, and indeed a response from one kingdom to the other. Okay. Now, how do we enhance this fragrance? This fragrance that is good, this soothing aroma to the Lord uh, stemming from His gracious work in our lives. How? What, what do we do about this? Well, I wish it were something as easy as just you know getting a shower with some of this stuff or washing our hair or squirting something in our mouth or whatever. 
But in fact, there's a good bit more to it, of course, than that. But verse 14 gives us, I think, the key uh, to this. It manifests through us the sweet aroma of the what? The knowledge of Him. The knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. As in many, many other places in the Scriptures. It's just not, it's not simply knowing Bible verses, although it's related to that. But it's, it's the knowledge uh, that, that describes a relationship with a person. That growing uh, connection and, and relationship that, that takes place when there's a give and take. A speaking and a listening that takes place in, in a relationship. It's not a, a mystical kind of an experience or, or just an emotion. Uh, but a growing, developing, deepening relationship with the Lord Jesus. And yes, it is a slow and arduous process. It takes time to grow. And it would be great if it was something as easy as just rubbing something on. But it, there takes a, a discipline and a commitment. And so one author has said, a, 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 what's the word? A long obedience. Long obedience in the same direction. Christian uh, discipleship is what we're talking about. And folks, it may have no connection whatsoever with physical beauty. Okay? They have none, whatever. There may be a person with a beautiful fragrance because of the grip the Lord has on that person's life and the way He's using that person in other people's lives. They have nothing, whatever, to do with physical uh, attractiveness. What a pity it is to see the emphasis in our day and time on those attributes, very little of the inner man and the inner strength and the cultivating of that walk with the Lord. Uh, it really uh, it fits the definition of beauty and a fragrant aroma here in this passage. Okay? The beautiful fragrance that exists in some people's lives is there because their closeness to the Lord, just to put it as briefly as, as we can. <clears throat> there's an intimacy, there's a time that's invested, and there's a fruit that's born in these people's lives. And it's going to show itself in many ways. And we could talk about this, it might be very instructive to have some, some dialogue about things that you've seen in people's lives that cause you to think of this fragrance of beauty that is there because work of the Lord in that life. It may be a sense of joy and calmness in uh, troublesome times. It may be a sensitivity to a special friend. It may be folks who just have that knack for saying the right thing at the right time. It's most encouraging or challenging as, as the need may be. But just the ability to say it uh, in the right way. Um, I could think of a number of examples, but I can remember a man we knew as my family knew, knew his family when I was a kid and it just seemed like nothing rough ruffled his feathers and if you can imagine um, I know Mike y'all live in Chattanooga but uh, any time down there it's about 10 degrees hotter than here it seems like and in the middle of summer it is just just nasty and I can remember a Friday afternoon we were heading out for a weekend of uh, fishing this gentleman and uh, winding our way through Chattanooga, and I'm sure it was temperature in the 90s or so, 
and uh, he's got his vehicle fully loaded and all this fishing stuff and camping gear and whatever and he's winding his way through the, the uh, rush hour traffic and has a flat tire and he just uh, kind of whistles as he works gets out you know jacks the thing up, up and his tire and the one with the hole back in and uh, has to pull off freeway somewhere to get the tire fixed and uh, finally you know after about an hour of delays he's back on the freeway heading out of town still 90 some degrees still rush hour traffic and has another flat tire and without a nasty word without a cross look just gets out jacks up the car changes the tire again goes gets the other one fixed back on the road and this is just the way that, that he operates and I don't think I'm in a situation like that. But there was a fragrance of beauty in the man's life. I can remember working with uh, the teenagers in North Carolina. Kathy and I took a small group for a weekend retreat. At uh, one point, I guess, went to Ridge Haven there and they have a little kind of a... They call it an obstacle course. It's just a real windy trail that follows a stream and at times you have to hop on rocks to cross the stream and at half times they've got a bridge and at times you've got to just kind of shimmy over on a log across it, you know, and do different things. And uh, one of the little girls in the group fell in the creek in November, I guess. And it was pretty cool and she was pretty embarrassed and she was upset and uh, I guess for the moment it would seem that life was falling apart you know, at that stage in life and uh, and uh, when we were pretty well done with the hike a couple of the girls ran uh, probably something like a half mile back to our little lodge just to get hot chocolate ready for Mary Sue to make her feel better when she got back to the lodge and a little thing and in the long run maybe all the parties involved have forgotten by now uh, but Kathy and I didn't, and that was just a little small-scale picture of the work the Lord does in someone's life to bring a special sensitivity and awareness to a need that's within someone's reach that they can meet. And maybe you're thinking about folks now like that, and maybe it would be good to tell them you appreciate that. Maybe a parent maybe a kid but someone who shows that special beauty and that beautiful fragrance because of the Lord's work in their lives so it's a good time to ask a pretty rough question how do we smell a spiritual skunk then at times we'd have to say, yeah. But how do we smell to other people? What kind of impression and impact are we making? Now, this will be proportional and directly related to the grip the Lord has upon our lives. Do other Christians respond to you as a sweet aroma? And uh, just what impact do you see there? And if the knowledge of God is the key, then 
come back to the same thing. It probably weasels away into every sermon you're going to hear. It has a lot to do with the time we spend in the Scriptures, taking in God's Word, and cultivating that relationship with Him, the knowledge of the author there, and the impress that it makes upon our lives. What we're talking about here is our whole life being something of a prayer to the Lord something of an expression of praise and worship even as those animals sacrificed in the Old Testament were. By being in Christ by His grace our lives have something of an impact like that to the Lord and other people. Would you please pray with me? Holy Father we're grateful to you for the challenge of the passage before us. As always we would pray that we might not be forgetful hearers, but effectual doers, and as a result of this reminder this morning, there would be new attention given to the time that is spent with you, the time of communion and fellowship, and uh, interaction with you on a regular basis, that those that are close to us, those that see us frequently or regularly, would understand something of fragrance of Christ in an increasing way, in a growing way that would be very evident uh, in each of our lives. Commit ourselves to you in the new and ask you to bless in the days ahead. <laughs> every place in which we live, in every setting, in every contact with other people, that the fragrance of Christ be more acting in their lives as well. In the name of Jesus, we have.